Hey, what's up? It's Dave, and welcome to the podcast this week. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. This week, we're going to talk about drinking and alcohol. And the reason that I want to bring this up is because not only have I had some experience with this in my personal life, uh, I have become aware in the last year or so how many people have struggled with drinking too much. And I'm not talking about whether they're alcoholics, and I don't know exactly what defines an alcoholic. I'm talking about the average person who either because of or during the pandemic started having a glass of wine that turned into two glasses of wine. And then you get to a point where you say, I have to have my glasses of wine every night or my rum and diet or my shot of vodka or whatever it is. And I have talked to so many people who listen to our show that are just average, wonderful people that say, yeah, I'm really concerned about my drinking or I'm wondering if I should be concerned about my drinking. So we're going to get started right now on take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything about excessive drinking and how it has affected different people's lives. So I have a friend, his name is Jess, and uh, I've known Jess for a long time. He is a local musician, and I don't know Jess well, but Jess, um, his, he's on um, Twitter, at Big Jess UPS. I don't know what the UPS stands for, but I saw Jess on there not too long ago, and Jess was talking about how he's been sober for a year. And I said, Jess, I want to talk to you on my podcast about your experience and your journey in drinking. And he's like, totally cool with that. And I said, Jess, is there anything you don't want to bring up? Because when you interview somebody, you want to be respectful and feel like, yeah, I don't want, really want to bring up that. That's embarrassing or that's a little bit too much or I don't want to mention that person or my wife or whatever. And Jess was like, no, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. And Jess's goal during this is to help people that might wonder if they're drinking too much or know that they're drinking too much and just don't know what to do. Because I think there's so many people who said, you know what, I'm only going to drink during the weekend or I'm going to do sober January and they get to January 4th and they've already given up. So uh, recorded just a few minutes ago, but recorded at a different time. Here is Big Jess and uh, our conversation about drinking. Hey, Jess, thanks for being on the podcast uh, this week. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Dave. Jess and I have known each other for, I want to say, coming up on 15 or 20 years when you did a song for us called Nose Picker. Do you remember that? Uh, I could never forget that. That was, uh, that was such an amazing time in my life. <laughs> would you I'm not even going to lie. Would you say that the song Nose Picker was one of the lowlights of one of the most embarrassing moments of your career when we played a song by a talented artist called <laughs> Nose Picker that you did? No, not at all. I vividly remember being in my school bus and listening to KDWB and it coming on. And I, I didn't have any kids on the bus and I pulled my bus to the side of the street and I was in my bus like going crazy. So, no, that was not a low level. I love it, man. That's so cool. Well, you and yeah. I have kind of like followed each other here and there and you're a local musician, but you're also like, a you know, you're a neighborhood dad and sure. you're probably, I don't know, probably 40 by now, maybe. Uh 27 but we'll go with 45 okay um, yeah <laughs> okay i'm just trying to put some context into it so sure. i was um uh, you know jess and i were we're, we're we're i wouldn't say we're like good friends but we're friendly and we're acquaintances and i respect you and you listen to the show and and i watch your stuff on twitter and you would tweet it i think it was a tweet a week or so ago 
basically about your struggle, if you want to call it that, with drinking too much, right? Sure. Yeah, it was it was a, my year. Uh, it had been a year since I had my last drink. Uh, Damn, that is four. Yeah. That is so impressive because, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who try to string together three days when they don't have a drink. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I've been in that boat myself a few times. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think one of the things that you and I can acknowledge, and a lot of people who are listening to the podcast right now probably could acknowledge, is it's way more common than people think. Not necessarily to be an alcoholic, but right. to struggle with shit, am I drinking too much? And I yeah. think there are so many people who go, God, I really should not drink this much, but mm-hmm. I need it. I feel like I mm-hmm. need it every day. So let's take, yeah. let's take us back, Jess. I mean, what was your, what was your journey through all this thing? <clears throat> I mean, at what point did you say, wow, this is too much? <laughs> Just tell us your whole experience, if whatever you want to share. Sure. Well, um, I grew up both of my parents were alcoholics. Um, I didn't see the side of my dad being an alcoholic because uh, I live with my mom. But um, it's funny because they're both 20 years or more sober now. So when I did the math, I'm like, they must have gotten sober in their 40s like me. And I never really asked them what was their tip, you know, tipping point. So it's kind of crazy that I'm, I'm kind of following in the same steps. But um, just kind of grew up around it. And um, I didn't really – I wasn't really like a heavy – drinker um until i was probably in my early 20s where it became a routine for me um and it was like an after work thing so it would be get home um what am i going to do to get done before i pour my first drink once i poured my first drink like everything else went out the window it's like i was like just unmotivated to do anything else but sit there and have my drink so that went on when I when I started to think about it. That that was probably in my early twenties, so it's probably been a good twenty years of that same routine. Um, and it could be it could be anywhere from I'm at my daughter's basketball game when she was in high school, and there's seven o'clock games, and I'm praying that they don't go into overtime, so I can head home and get in a drink or two before I go to bed, um, like that type of stuff. So that's how routine it was for me. It was like I can't miss something before I go to bed because I needed to sleep. That's what I thought. So it just literally had control over me. I had no control. Um, And it it just, it continued, you know, I'm 45. A year ago, I had an episode where it was a Sunday night. I watched my grandkids overnight. And um, they left. Mom picked them up. And I decided to have a couple couple drinks earlier than than usual. And um, these drinks I'm pouring at this point are half and half rum and cokes in 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 a regular glass. Like, they're not you know, a shot or two They're They're, they're big ones. So I had about two or three got in bed and I was spinning and I was very, very disappointed with myself. Um, to the point where I had, I prayed before I had, I had said this prayer before I need help. And the other times that I said it, I don't think I really meant it. I think I was just praying for like a quick fix, you know, so I can get through the night and, and, and keep going. But there was something about this night that I just was like, I have to drive the school bus in the morning. I get in bed at 930. I'm spinning. What am I doing? Like, why am I doing this on a Sunday night? Um, it's, Jan- it's January. It's cold. Like, we got nowhere to go. It's not, you can't go in the backyard and hang out and blah, blah, blah. So I was just stuck. I was stuck in this routine. And, and, and I said this prayer for help. And I woke up in the morning, got all my stuff together to go drive the bus, headed out at about six. And I couldn't find my car keys. And I was like, 
what the heck did I do with my keys? And they were normally on a hook by my door. I texted my bus company. I said, I, I can't find my keys. I can't make it. They said, don't worry about it. We got enough people. And I found them a couple hours later in a air mattress bag that I tossed them in after I pumped up this air mattress for my grandkids to sleep on. And um, I took that as I prayed and I asked for help and I couldn't find my keys. Maybe I wasn't supposed to drive the bus that morning. So from that point on, I was like, I, I'm going to take the week off. I'm so disappointed. I'm, I'm seeing a sign that maybe this is not the thing for me to be doing anymore. So my goal was just to get through that first week. And um, it was the most difficult week that I have had. I can't even tell you how long. Uh, all I did was think about it. I was at work. Like, what am I going to do when I get home? How am I going to go to sleep? I need it. Uh, what am I going to pour in my glass? And I was, it was so, so difficult for me. I ended up like, kind of drinking tea um, and just trying to keep myself busy, you know, in my studio or whatever. Got to, got to Friday and my wife had taken the, the week off with me. She said, all right, I'll do it with you. And then she got, we got to Friday and she said, I think I'm a poor one. You want to have one? And I said, you know, as much as I, I probably would have in the past, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So for me, that was huge because before I'd done a couple cleanses and gotten to the end of it. And then, you know, it was like super excited to have my drink, but I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it this time. And that week turned into, you know, a month. It turned into, and eventually ended up turning a year to where I am today. So I just, at that point, Dave, I had had enough. And when I think about um, ever going back, like, I just don't, I don't believe I will, you know. Um, I just know the negative side of it and where I was. And I know that if I get back into that situation and that routine, it's, it's going to, it's just going to pick up where I left off. So at this point for me, um, this is just the best decision I've made. And for me, it's it's just the right time. Jess, you know, I listen to your story and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I have, you know, like I have questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> how many, how many drinks a night when you were at your worst were you, were you drinking? Yeah. I mean, when you say your glass was half rum, half Coke, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people. And as I'm listening to your story, I'm going, yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. yep. Well, here's the deal. It was like, it was like, so I would get home, you know, six, seven, and you know whatever activity we had going on the night if my son had practice or whatever i might get i might only have nine to ten and i would i would have a drink or drink and a half or something in that hour and a half if i had seven to ten it would be pour one at seven one at eight one at nine that kind of thing and and so it wasn't half, like I was, half rum half coke yeah and it so, could have, i mean three them three drinks are probably more closer to you know four or five yeah sure in a three-hour span <clears throat> So it was, uh, it was, it was, it, it, it had become a routine and I just didn't, like I said, I didn't realize that it had control over me until the point where I, I flipped it and I was able to be in control of it. Um, <clears throat> so it's been a, it's been a, <laughs> a little whirlwind of, you know, just flipping it, uh, flipping the script on it, man. It just kind of, um, I can't believe I'm here to be honest with you. I used to ask myself, what is it going to take for me to get here? Is the doctor going to be like, if you don't stop soon, you know, that might be it, or it's too late for you. You're already, you know, so I'm just very grateful to be, you know, God willing halfway through my life and have this other half, uh, clear minded, focused, you know what I mean? Like it's a different ball game, Dave. I used to come into my studio with my drinks and I would work until I couldn't see the screen anymore. Wow. And I used to be very, very, I used to think I depended on my creativity to have my drinks in here. So when I first started coming down here and I was like, oh man, I was just nervous because I feel like I'm, I'm more creative than I ever was, to be honest with you. 
Um, I don't have to rely on, you know, how long do I get before I can't see the screen? So it's just, it's just, it's so different. I'm so, I'm so grateful to be here. And I just, my, I just want to inspire other people who may be, you know, in the same boat I was just to give it a thought. I had a friend of mine who did a sober March, um, when the pandemic hit in the middle of the freaking pandemic, he was like, I'm not going to drink for the month of March. And his name is Antonio. I don't want to give him props every time I talk about this because it got me to think, I was like, Oh man, maybe I'm, maybe I'll do it too. Well, my sober month lasted from Tuesday to a Friday. And then that was that, but it got me to think about it. And then I, as I saw him over the next few months, I had asked him questions and was kind of poking them and just, how do you do this? What do you, how do you cope with, you know, not having your drinks and blah, blah, blah. And he's a very, very big part of why I'm here. So I just want to give a shout out to Antonio. What did Antonio say? Because I think that is, you know, you talked about how you, I think you said you would drink something else or whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, we, you would try to substitute your rum and Coke with a, with a tea or a fresca or whatever. And I know you didn't say fresca, yeah. but I, it just came yeah. to mind and I don't know why, yeah. but you, but I think we've all tried to do that. I mean, when I was, I was a lot like you and I still, I don't say I struggle. I say I worry because mm. I, I'm pretty in control of when I drink and what I drink and whatever, but I sometimes sure. worry like a lot of people that I drink too much. But yeah. there was a point when I sat and I measured out how much gin I drank because I had like three gin and tonics a night and yeah, I dude. poured it out yeah. and it was like an, it was like a bottle and a half of gin a week mm-hmm. and, and, and it was shocking. So I would just have the tonic. So what was Antonio's sure. secret or maybe what was your secret? Because you do, you want to reach for that glass, even right. if it's just got tonic or even if it's just got iced tea or whatever in there. Yeah. What was your substitute? So you didn't have mm-hmm. the rum and Coke or was there a substitute? It was, it was, it was definitely tea. And I don't, I don't really know why it went to tea because I know when the summer hit, I'm like, who's going to want to drink tea in the summer, but I drank it all year. Okay. And I just needed, I needed a cup of something. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That was totally I needed that routine. <clears throat> and in my mind, I'm like, well, if I replace the alcohol with tea, like that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Um, but that was pretty much it for me. Like, like I drink a lot of water. I don't do a lot of pop. Like my pop that I used to drink was for my Roman Coke. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even drink pop anymore. Like I, I'm, I'm literally like water and tea all the time and a couple of cups of coffee. Like that, That's pretty much it. I might drink a, or smoke a cigar a couple of days a week or whatever, but like, I just am so clear and, 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 and like my thoughts are just, I'm just in control, Dave. And that, that feeling for me is just, it's, it's just amazing. I can't explain it. Cause I, I was just the opposite of that. Something was in control of me, you know? So. Isn't it interesting, Jess? And I think you and I've been through the same thing on the mornings when I drink, I don't wake up for work hungover. I wake up for work, not quite right. And a a little groggy, a little more tired than I should be. But on the mornings when I haven't drank, I wake up and I'm like, all right, I might be a little bit sleepy, but I feel fucking great. I don't, I don't feel bad. I feel myself. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, that's a definite um, mind state that I love because, um, I would have like, so I'm I'm working at cell phone repair still and, and I drive the bus part-time in the morning, a, a couple of days a week. So if I got a night where I'm not driving the bus in the morning before and I'm like, Oh shit, what am I going to do? I'm going to just start pouring my drinks. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then I might, I might, I might've had a basketball league the next day and I'll wake up and my energy for the basketball league was like, not even remotely close to being there. 
Whereas now I literally just signed up for my second basketball league. So I'm doing a Monday, Thursday, and then an open gym on Sunday. I didn't, I wouldn't have had the, the energy or the desire to do that had I still been drinking. So, so let me, it's, it's what, what motivated you? Was it, was it when you said, I can't do this anymore? Or were you motivated by a better life without drinking? Or did somebody say, I mean, there's another question for yeah. you. D- during your whole drinking period, did anybody ever say, your buddy or Antonio or your girlfriend or whoever say, dude, you drink too much? Did you ever hear anything like that? No, because I hit it well. Oh, you hit you it. Know, okay, I, gotcha. I think a lot I of people do that. Yeah, well, who's at my house at seven at seven at night? It's just me and my wife. Okay. So nobody knew that side of me, except for maybe people who, who would come over to my studio or whatever, and, you know. Um, but, I mean, nobody knew that I had a problem. I never broadcasted it like that. Did you admit that uh, you had a problem? Let's say, let's go back 10 years or five years when you right. were still drinking heavily. Did you say, Jess, man, this sucks. You can't keep doing this. You got a problem. Or did you say, nah, I can quit anytime I want to? For sure. Quit anytime I want. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. I thought I had it. I thought I had it in, in control and manageable, but like I say, man, it was a routine for me. It was, it was in control of me. I didn't have control of that. When so I'm when either all. I'm either, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm either all in or I'm all out. I can't dabble that line. And I have no shame in saying that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, th- <laughs> I think that's, I think that when you say, because I know I've been there and I've known people who've been there, it's like, oh, I can quit anytime I want to. I don't need a drink. But then yeah. six o'clock rolls around or whatever your trigger is, yeah. where the sun goes down or you sit down to watch TV. And for me, it was when I finished work and I'd close my computer and I'd go yeah. sit and watch TV, that was my trigger. And if I sat there without a drink at that time, I was like, no, man, I got to have something. And it's like, I couldn't think of anything else. Me too. Me too. Yep. Yeah. It was just, it had become a partly or nightly thing of my routine whether I was sitting watching TV, whether I was in my studio. And, you know, I mean, I, I think back to all the nights that what if something happened during the middle of the night? What if one of my kids needed to be rushed to the hospital? Yeah. yeah. What I have done. I mean, I guess I could have called an Uber at that point, but I can't drive anywhere. And how you embarrassing know? would that be? I mean, if your kid had to go to the hospital and you had to call an Uber because you're too drunk. drunk. Exactly. Were you, here's a hard question for you. And I think a lot of people hate that word alcoholic. And mm-hmm. I don't even know what the definition is. Did you ever say, Jess, you're an alcoholic or no, no never did. No. Tell me no, why and, not. And the, re- and the reason, well, cause I, Cause, and when I would explain to people when I was just getting started in my sober journey, I would explain to people like I wasn't one of those dudes who, you know, missed work or woke up in the morning and started drinking. I just drank after work. So that was my reasoning for, okay, no, I'm not an alcoholic. And I don't know the definition of it either, Dave, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't, I would admit I was an alcoholic, even for that little time of, you know, frame of uh, time frame that I was drinking a couple hours a night. So you, um, I, w- just, I would admit it. Yeah. So you would admit it now you yeah. say? I would, I would say, yeah. Okay. I would say, yeah. I think, I think it's such an ugly term. It's kind of like, you know, it's just like, no, I might drink a little bit too much, but I will not label myself an alcoholic. And, and I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the definition is either from like, okay, you have somebody who likes to drink a little bit too much. You know, it's funny because there are some people that they might drink seven shots of vodka at a party Mm-hmm. and they're hysterical and they're funny and they throw up on their shoes and they laugh yeah. about it the next day. And then mm-hmm. there's people who have seven shots of vodka four times a week. 
And, yeah. uh, you know, there's one is an alcoholic and one is just an average person who likes to party sometimes. So yeah. I, I don't know where the you line know, is. I don't know either, but I, I just want to say this too. I'm not, I, I'm not out here like trying to judge people and preach to people and say, I'm better than you at all, because I wouldn't have had this mind state in my twenties. Like, like I tell people, I had a pretty good run with alcohol. I didn't, I didn't get any DWIs. I didn't kill anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a pretty, you know, okay run with it. Um, but at this point, I, I just, I just don't need it. I, I, I want to close that chapter. It would have been difficult for me to realize that in my twenties because it was, it was okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't, it didn't affect me the way that it does now. I was going to bring that up because, you know, why not just keep drinking? I think there's a lot of people yeah. who go, you know what? I don't get in my car and drive. When I drink, yeah. I'm in my PJs and it's two hours before bed. I'm watching The Bachelor and I'm drinking wine. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I wake up yeah. the next morning and I might feel a little bit sleepy or not myself, but I get yeah. to work and I do fine and get the kids ready for school. So why yeah. not? Why not just keep drinking? Did you ever tell yourself it's not it's fine. It's not hurting me. That's, I told myself that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I guess the main thing that I came to realize is that enough was enough for me. I just had had my, I had had my fun with it. I had, a, I had my run with it. And it's like, you know, like I said, nothing, nothing like, like dr changed in my life, like drastically where I was doing super negative things, you know, that attracted negative yeah, things to me. Sure. It was just, a ch it was a change I needed. <clears throat> I got a 27 year old daughter. I got a 14 year old son who's about to be 15. And I got a three year old son who's about to be four. I know that my son right now at this point being a ninth grader is very vulnerable and there's nothing that makes me more proud to be able to show my two older kids. Hey, dad had a problem. Dad turned it around. Yeah. And for them to witness that. And they knew they, lives, they saw it. Did oh, they know? Dude, I, I, I would assume so because I always had that drink in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would assume so. And, you know, I'll tell you this journey without humility and vulnerability. I don't think it would be possible. I'm just, I'm an open book and I will, I will, I will for sure accept any consequence that comes my way for my actions. And for, for, for me to be vulnerable in front of my kids is like very, um, it's just, it's a lot of humility involved in that. And I want to, I just want to show them that you know, I know my son is going to, he's going to have his own journey. I got to let him spread his wings and fly and stuff. And I'm just hoping that the little things that we do as parents over time kind of get stuck in the back of their mind and be like, if a, if a moment arises and they need, maybe need to be like, ah, I remember when my dad was going through this, maybe I shouldn't do that kind of thing. I'm just hoping that that, that works like that. Um, I'm just very happy that he can see me fall and pick and, and get back up. I think that's great. You know what? I don't know what the genetic connection is. I mean, you said you both your parents drink a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I've had family members that you could say there's like genetic, you know, mom and dad drank a lot, so they drank a lot. But I also mm -hmm. see, you know, it's the same thing. It's like it's it's like anything. Sometimes you go, oh, it's genetics. And sometimes you go, well, they don't have a history of drinking in their family, but they drink yeah. a lot. Let me go back to, you know, what I'm going to talk about my kid for a second. He's 20 years old and, um, uh, you know, he has watched me. Um, again, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I've had this real problem. I've had an awareness where I think that's where a lot of people are. It's like, shit, yeah. I should not want to drink this often. So, uh, it becomes where, where, you know, like most people, I think they come home, they sit down, they, they might have a glass of wine 
Um, or they might drink once a month, like Fallon on our show. She never drinks. She just doesn't want to drink. Um, mm. But I think some people, they, so anyway, my son has seen me probably with a drink in my hand too much. Last night, he had about 10, 12 boys over, and some of them are 20 and some are 21. And so I gave him the talk. I said, Carson, I said, do not let any of these kids that are not 21 drink. And the ones that are 21, do not let them get drunk because they're not going to leave the house and hurt somebody or hurt themselves. And he said, yeah, no problem. He said, dad, they're experienced drinkers. And the reason I bring that up, he said, they've been drinking since they were 16. And I'm like, that's, that's not uncommon though. I mean, think back. I mean, Jess, when I I was 14, I think I drank more at 14 years old than I've ever had since. Um, (laughs) Because I'd go to my friend's house and his, his mom and dad had booze all over the house. He had an older sister that would buy us, you know, apricot brandy and peppermint schnapps and all kinds of crap that you like to drink when you're 14. (laughs) And I think I learned my limits back then. So what, how old were you when you first, I mean, I don't know if it's relevant to this conversation. How old were you when you were first conscious of being, of, of having your first drink? Um, it was probably in high school. Okay. Although I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't really start to even like beer until I was in my early twenties. Okay. So people would be drinking stuff and, I just never acquired a taste for it, but I just, I wasn't like a huge, I was off and on. I was literally just focused on, I wanted to be like a basketball player. So I was like, I can't do all that and play basketball. That was just my mindset. So I wasn't, wasn't really big in the high school thing, but it was like my early twenties. I would say. Where did you graduate for lack of a better word from like, yeah, I don't really like beer to like, cause that's the thing, Jess, I think yeah. everybody who's now drinking four glasses of wine a night started with one glass of wine every other night. So at mm-hmm. what point were you first aware of like, oh man, this is too much? Uh, I remember my wife and I used to do um, white Russians a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. <laughs> and very, ex- you know, a very expensive drink, um, but they would go quick. You know, there's one of those, they're like Kool-Aid. It just, it went down so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was probably, that was probably early, you know, mid twenties, I would say at that okay. point. But that was that was our routine back then. Still, it was like you know, after work, have a couple, you know, weekends, have a couple more. So yeah, it was, it's been going on for a while. How's your wife done with this? Has she quit drinking with you? She has not. Okay. Um, she she did the first week with me and then went back. But she's uh she has a couple um, still. Um, I don't think she was in the same boat as I was. But we you don't, you out. don't preach and you don't say, no, you, know, no, 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 you no. don't give her any of that that's, stuff. No, that's not what I'm here for. I say, Hey, I, I, I told her the other day, I said, I'm, she, she, she had told me earlier in the week that she was not going to drink during the week and just have it on the weekends. And I said, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I've been praying for you. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't want to make people feel like Jess thinks he's better than I am. Absolutely. I don't, that's not what I'm trying to give out. I'm just trying to say I was in this boat. If this helps you awesome. You know, it's like, it's like somebody playing you a song that you don't really care for, but you listen to it and you're like, oh, it's not my thing. And you move on. That's all I'm trying to do here. Yeah. It's just say that I had a thought from a friend of mine who started a sober month and it, 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 it started a thought in my head that maybe I should try it. And it, like I said, it lasted like three days and that was that. But I just, if he hadn't done it, I wouldn't even have thought about it. I would have just been stuck in the same thing. I have two more questions for you, Jess. And, and, yeah. and uh, one is we all get that temptation. Let's say you... God, somebody hit your car and somebody stole your credit card and you're like, shit, 
God, I want a vodka. God, I want a beer. What do you, what do you, because we all have those days. They're not going to go yeah, away. Sir. What do you do? I'm just not, uh, man, I don't know. I used, you know, to be, I'm a, I'm a kind of a, uh, grumpy. I call myself the grumpy old grandpa <laughs> with, with alcohol. I was even worse. So I would get, I would like say something on Twitter or something and wake up in the morning after some, you know, some drinks and be like, what did I say on Twitter last night? Um, so now I just don't get those urges anymore. I just, okay. So the urges, not, the temptations are really kind of, they've kind of uh, faded away. They've, they kind of have. We actually, it's a funny story. We were out last night. I got a uh, gift card for my job for Birches on the Lake. I don't know if you ever heard of that place. Okay. It's out, out in Long Lake. My wife got like some samples of, of beer, like craft beer, which used to be my shit. And she was taking a sip of the three that he put down. And she was like, oh, my God, this is so good. The next one, she was like, oh, this is good. And I was like, I want to take a sip, too. <laughs> but, you know, when I think about that, because, of course, I'm going to have temptations and I'm going to think about it. And then um, my thought process is always like, yeah, I surely could. I surely could. But I know what's going to happen when I do that. What happens when you I'm do gonna, that? When I, if, if I have that drink, yep. I'm going to throw all of this time away that I, that I worked yeah. to, to get to. There goes I'm a gonna, year. I had like, I had like two or three dreams, vivid dreams where I had a drink and I woke up in the morning and I was so disappointed with myself. Yeah. So that's one of my main things. But I also know that I'm going to be unproductive as hell if I go back and I'm going to wake up feeling like shit. And that's just a chapter that I want to keep close. That's so impressive. I'm going to ask you one more question, Jess, and this has helped a lot of people. And as you listen to Jess, if you have any thoughts on this, I really encourage you to send me an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Because like I said, Jess, there are so many people. I've got a woman on next week who's a good friend of mine, and she's younger than we are. She's like 26 or 27, but she found herself in the same situation where it's like, she called herself a functioning alcoholic where she would work. Yeah. She had a kid. She had another yeah. kid. I don't think she was drinking when she was pregnant. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she wasn't <laughs> drinking when she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she yeah. was, you know, went from one glass a night to four glasses a night, basically yeah. every night. What would you say to somebody who's listening to the show right now, this podcast right now, who's going, God, I know I'm drinking too much, or I think I'm drinking too much, or even... I know my husband or my girlfriend is drinking too much. What would you say to somebody? Let's talk to somebody who's got that problem right now and just can't resist when seven yeah. o'clock rolls around to pour that glass of wine. You know, Dave, that's a great question. I don't have, I don't have the right answer for that. Um, what worked for me was realizing that I had a problem and I really, really wanted to, I really wanted to get out of that situation. So, focus and determination and desire really propelled me through. Um, I'm a man of faith now. Um, within the past couple of years, I got baptized and I've seen God work around me where before I was like the ultimate pessimist. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to church again. My wife and kids would go to church and I would stay at home. And then I just, there was a, a couple of moments in my life where I saw things happening and I'm like, this is, this is not, this is something else is working here. So I'm just, a, I'm a man of faith now. I just know that God's working. And when I, now that I see it, um, it just opened my eyes up to that. So I have a lot of faith um, that, that God is with me in this, man. I can't, I can't, I can't deny that. Like if, if, if I hadn't said that prayer and wanted that to, to happen, I don't think I would be here today. 
That is so cool. Jess, man, I, I got to tell you, I thought I would talk to you for about 10 minutes or so, but um, there was so much that <laughs> we learned from from your journey. And thanks for Thank being you, such man. an open book because um, a lot of people, they won't admit to a lot of the things that you said. You know, I know a lot of people who yeah. drink too much. And it's like, no, nah, I can quit anytime I want to. And, yeah. um, and it's like, I see people just basically, it not only hurts you, but it hurts the people around you who count on you for to sure. be the person that they know and love. And when for you're sure. drunk, you're hard to love. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that should be written down somewhere. When you're drunk, you're hard to love. <laughs> you know, if you're at yeah. a party or you're on a boat somewhere and it's once in the summer and you're drunk, then you're fucking lovable. You're hysterical. Yeah, for sure. But when yeah, you're for drunk sure. four nights out of the week, you're really hard to love. You know, and that's for me too. Like I, I remember having conversations with my wife at, as we're having drinks and like, you know, talking about something that was, we were, it was a debate, but it would kind of get heated and shit. You know what I mean? Like with the alcohol in me, I was like, no, 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 I'm right. You're wrong. Like, you know, uh, not to the point where we were fighting, but like, what, what are we doing here? And yeah. I don't have that anymore. That doesn't even exist in my house anymore. I love that, 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 that bitterness and that, um, alcohol just, it just, it just brought it up to like a hundred with me. Well, that's you know so I mean? funny. But, I, I absolutely know what you mean because you know what, there, there are different kinds of drunks. There are funny drunks, there are loud drunks, there are mean drunks, there are sloppy yeah. drunks. Yeah. When I get drunk or have too much to drink, I rarely get drunk. I just don't. I get yeah, sleepy. Yeah, I never really got drunk either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like, you know what, it, yeah. you you say you would like, you know, your your eyes would like not focus on your computer screen or you couldn't concentrate. Yeah. I would just get yeah. sleepy. And so, yeah. but there's all kinds of different ways. And when you said, you know, like, you know, it manifests itself because you start to get bitchy with your wife. Mm-hmm. there's different ways that it manifests itself for sure. For sure. No. Hey Jess, you are the man. I, um, uh, I'm glad we got a chance to do this. If you want to find out more about Jess, uh, he is on Twitter, big Jess ups, B I G J E S S U P S on Twitter and also big So, cause you're still doing, you know, what is the, is the uh, nose picker song on big anywhere? <laughs> I I don't know if I put that up. You know there, what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, dude, that thing is so classic, bro. <laughs> you had me perform that at the fair, dude. Are you kidding me? I remember oh, that. God, what was that? Great. That had been like 2005 or something like that. It was like yeah, 2006 or something like that. That's I got the crazy. video. My my buddy recorded it. I'll send it to you. But it was it was great. Man. Wow, Jess, I'm so happy you're doing well, man. It's great to hear from <laughs> you. Uh, thanks Appreciate for taking it. the time. I know that you know. Hopefully, we've helped some people at least examine themselves a little bit and go. Okay, maybe I should do something or what? I'm yeah. not alone. I think that's one of the big things in life is is if you feel like you're not alone in the weird problem that's not a unique problem, I think that's a big help for a lot of people. Exactly. It's just like I said, my, my buddy Antonio started the sober month and it got me thinking about it and that's all I needed. I just I had to get started even to even examine if I had a problem. So yes, sir. Hey, thanks again to Big Jess for helping us out. And um, I really appreciate that one. It's not easy to talk about something like that. But when you come out on the other side and you feel like you want to help someone, and I think it's one of the things we want to do in life. Don't you feel like you feel really good if you help somebody? I think that's one of the great joys in life. I told Angie Taylor one time, I said, the best feeling in the world is not an orgasm. It's helping somebody. And she laughed and she said, no, it's an orgasm. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe she's right. Anyway, uh, shout out Angie Taylor. She's my buddy. And um, she used to work on our show, by the way, in case you don't know who that is. Um, But I'd love to get your comments because I think that one of the things that I look for 
uh, when I do this podcast is some feedback. And I really appreciate that when I can see how many people have listened and how many people have downloaded, but I would love some feedback. Maybe you're like, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about. You uh, don't, you should not give people advice about alcoholism, or maybe you want to share your journey. Maybe you want to keep anonymous or not use your name. Maybe you want everybody to know who you are. Send me an email, please, to to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. And uh, I'd love to get your email uh, on the podcast next week. We're going to talk to a woman next week to see whether her perspective is a little bit different. I don't know that it would be just because their gender is different, but I think it's fair to get a woman's perspective and a guy's perspective. And maybe you want to share your perspective too. So send that to uh, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Thanks for listening to uh, the podcast this week. And uh, remember, it's all based on the book. Take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything, which I'm working on book two. And I've really made a commitment to sit down and write. And that's one of the things that's been a struggle for me is because sometimes I just don't feel motivated. I have a friend who's a life coach. Her name is Angela. And she says, sometimes you get motivated by thinking about how good you'll feel when it's done. Isn't that true? We think about how good we'll feel when we're done working out. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.